Good morning, church. My name is Lisa, and I'll be reading today's scripture, which comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 12, and Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 to 14. Please give your full attention to the reading of God's word. And in the same region, there were shepherds out on the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 to 14. These all died in faith, all not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exile on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Amen. Now please give your full attention to the preaching of God's word. Thanks, Lisa. I was going to give you a hug, but you ran away. It's okay. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks be to God for the reading of his word. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, dear family and friends, for those of you who are listening in. Would you turn to the right or to the left or behind and before you and greet one another? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. As Lisa read, an angel appeared, and an angel announced, I bring you good, no- good news of great joy. So Christmas is supposed to bring great joy. Uh, let me say that again. <laughs> Christmas is supposed to bring great joy. Got three questions today, very briefly. So why do we keep missing it? Why don't we have it? Why do we keep missing it? Second, what is it? What is joy? Especially promised at Christmas time. And third, joy for who? All right. Why do we keep missing that joy? Second, what is Christmas joy? Third, joy for who? An angel said, I'm bringing good news of great joy. We just sang that accidental famous Christmas hymn, more on that later, Joy to the World, suggesting joy is not from this world. See, joy can't be found in this world. Joy to the world, joy to you, it has to break down from above, it has to burst from the outside in, not much to see here or find here. We've been going through the book of Hebrews, and in those two spectacular verses of chapter 11, verses 13 and 14, God's Holy Spirit-inspired author gives us a narrative of life. He said, we are all exiles and strangers. In essence, we're wandering. We're homeless. We're not yet home. Do you agree and accept 
the Bible's narrative for you? Because if you don't, again, if you don't accept what the Bible says is true of you, you will just go on complaining and blaming your spouse, your kids who don't turn out right, the traffic, your job, the lack of promotion or security, your health, your beauty, all the conflicts, all the conditions, all the circumstances surrounding you. Because deep down in your hearts, you still expect it to deliver and sustain great joy. An angel announced, I'm going to bring down joy. I'm going to give you joy. The rest of us are sitting here like, I'm still trying to find it. I'm going to create it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to find something that will really satisfy my soul. You know, that really famous long-running sitcom, Seinfeld, George Costanza's father makes up his own holiday called Festivus, and he celebrates it. Festivus, his own made-up holiday, where he just basically airs out all his grievances. On a podcast for the Daily Beast, the former Seinfeld writer by the name of Dan O'Keefe explained... That was not fictional, but it's real-life origins in the O'Keefe household. He had a bipolar, alcoholic dad, very scary and abusive and violent, and he invented Festivus, where he would really air out grievances for the year. Russell Moore, a Christian apologist and author, wrote an article entitled, For Many People Today, It's Always Festivus, never Christmas. It's always Festivus. Time to just air out grievances. Your bitterness at the world, never Christmas. You know, sometimes I use humor in a comedy, and so do really good comedians, oftentimes just to mask trauma. I mean, this author turned it into comedic material for Seinfeld. You know what other things mask reality of trauma and pain, busyness, mass consumption, materialism, boredom even, and religion. A lot of people get very, very religious to somehow hide and pretend that life is not as brutal as it really is. Um, If the last two years of reflections have done anything for you, my humble opinion is that year-end reflections are more important than New Year's resolutions. Take time to reflect. Take time to take in account. Take inventory. Uh, Something kind of massive has happened over the last two years, has it not? But if you are honest over the last two years, it's pretty much more of the same but accelerated. It's pretty much exposure, but more intense. And I got networks and friends in all different walks of life. And of course, starting with this church whom I love, you are all in different kinds of callings, vocations, and jobs. Some of you may be in between jobs. And I assure you, the overall overwhelming majority finds the end of 2021 more exhausted more torn apart, more beaten down, 
maybe more cynical, more depressed, more saddened. Life is sad. That's reality. And, and you know, the usual explanations and storylines that everyone uses goes like this. Oh, but you know, Pastor, look, I'm looking forward to 2022 because, you know, if only this happened in 2021, oh, man, I'd be conquering the world. I mean, a lot of you right now, deep down in your hearts, think that there are reasons for why you don't have great joy. And if you think, only if I get this, if I accomplish this, or if this turned out, if that conflict resolves, if I just get healthier and stronger, if my marriage just turned around, oh, God is my witness. You will find a very, very joyful person. Again, the Bible tells you that not only are you exiles and strangers, and we are not yet home, but the Bible goes further and predicts something for you. Here's what it predicts. You can get everything you want. Everything could turn out exactly as you'd hoped for. You can get your top 20 wish list of this year, and everything gets fulfilled. Here's what the Bible predicts. You will still have a momentary happiness that is fleeting fleeting. It will fade. It'll be gone in a whisper, in a moment, because life cannot deliver all that you want it to while you are homesick. Oh, listen, friends and family, this Christmas morning. Did you know? Did you know? Do you understand the nature of your life? Do you understand the nature of this fallen world? Do you understand reality? I and mean, this is reality, right? You can get everything you want, still come up empty. You can accomplish an experience enthralled with all kind of wealth and possessions and pleasures, still come up bitter. You can gain the whole world, but your soul will be perishing. Because life cannot deliver all that you want it to. Life can't handle the messianic expectations. It was never meant to. This is why the angel announced, lo and behold, why Jesus had to be born. Verse 11. On this day announced your child is born. There's a child over there in swaddling clothes in a manger. He is the only one who can bring good news Filling you with great joy. Nothing. Nothing. Ever, 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 ever will satisfy your deepest desires and needs of your heart. Nothing. Not the best marriage. You know, I shared with our church members as Advent started... There was a list of questions that couples should ask each other. And I thought, Sonny, this is a great opportunity. Question number one was just, what is the purpose of your marriage? What is the God-given purpose of your marriage? Sonny and I, over question one, got into a mini fight on day one. I didn't like her answer. You know, this morning, preparing for Christmas Sunday worship service, Sonny's all excited because after the Artesia worship service, we're going to take family pictures. She's asking me, Harold, what are you going to wear? I'm going to wear my black suit. She says, well, I'm going to dress in white. 
like an angel. Your marriage may be far better than ours, but we love each other. And even if your marriage was picture perfect, picture perfect, you would not, that would not sustain great joy. Your kids could become celebrities, rock stars, superstars, would not give you great joy. You could have the best skin. You could have the best health. You could have the best job. You could have the best influence, the best following. You could have the best of science and technology. You could have the best of everything that could be had. You could have the best church or ministry even for pastors. And the best of gifts. But do you accept the Bible's narrative that we are not yet home? And even if you got everything you got, great joy, you would still miss out on that. Hmm. Second, so what is great joy? I mean, I, I hope especially, family and friends, we can understand and unpack this at Christmas time. What is this good news filled with great joy? Charles Spurgeon, great Baptist preacher, he defined it like this <clears throat> from the scriptures. Joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but whose, but from whose they are. Not from what they enjoy, but from that which is suffered for them by their Lord. In short, joy is a result of knowing Jesus Christ. Joy is the fruit of being loved and loving Jesus Christ in return. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace of the first three. It's a supernatural gift. Can I ask you this morning, this morning, do you have a clear conscience? Do you know all your deceit and hypocrisy and corruptions and sins and white lies have been buried to death? Do you know you can stand before a holy, perfect God and still be accepted and approved? Do you have the assurance of the forgiveness of all your sins? Your sins, not other people's. Do you enjoy being infinitely loved? Do you know that you are intimately belonging to, adopted by, delighted over, protected and prayed over, and that he never loses a sight over you because God in heaven now is your father? Do you treat and consider every Christian person around the world as a brother and sister? The late great J.I. Packer, a Christian professor and author, used to say, these are just some of the things Christians should tell themselves every single day. When I mentioned this to CCSE a couple years ago, I started to do that almost every single day. And lo and behold, joy begins to grow. Jerry Packer goes on to say, number five is, heaven is my home. 
Is heaven your home? Are you just passing through? And last but not least, and every day is one day nearer. And every day is one day nearer. Joy to the world. I bring good news of great joy, the angel announced. Um, that is, a, again, an accidental Christmas hymn, first published by Isaac Watts, without the melody of music that we know it as today. It's published in 1719, and I want to tell you the historical context of this. When he wrote those lyrics, um, it was far from easy, comfortable times. It's not like he was a wealth and prosperity, health and wealth uh, type of culture. The bubonic plague had just killed 100,000 people in and around London a decade before, which tore apart society. Marriages and families just collapsed. There were suicides, much poverty, and economic uncertainty and insecurity. And yet he wrote joy to the world. Not based on current conditions or circumstances, you see, but based on Psalm 98. Psalm 98, verse 6 in particular, which talks about a joy that is so full, it's not forced, it's so genuine, you can't even contain it. It kind of just makes its way out of you. And joy to the world happens because... Not so much Jesus was born in Psalm 98, it's because Jesus is coming back. Yes, in the past, Jesus was born and sent to be the Savior of the whole world because we're dying in a joyless world. In the present, Jesus is sovereign and righteous King. And in the future, in the future, looking ahead again, every day is one day nearer. Jesus is a perfect Redeemer and Judge. He will heal every heartache and trauma. He will make everything right. Well, not just spiritually speaking. We're talking about throughout the planet, making this a new heavens and a new earth. Why do we keep missing it? What is it? Last one. Joy for who? Joy for who? Verse 10. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. All the people, every single person who can hear the good news, the good news can bring you great joy. Here's why. Because it comes by grace. Christmas is for all people because it comes by grace. Great joy can fill all people. Why? Only way it can come to all people. The only way Christianity is the most cosmopolitan global religion in all of history and still going forth is because it's by grace. You see, who does the angel show up to first? Not a celebrity. Not a TikTok star. Not an influencer. Not a cultural, political, business elite. You know, on Friday night, I hung out with some of the pastoral staff. They uh, gave me a mind-blowing education on cryptocurrency. And the more and more they talked about it, the more and more depressed I got. Because I'm so old and late adopter. I got to go talk to my wife after this about cryptocurrency. But anyhow, 
they told me all these things. It's just mind-blowing. It's like, wow, I, maybe I missed out completely. Not those who are warm and safe indoors, but the angels showed up to shepherds just doing their job. And you would figure, mm, not much going on in that career. On a cold, bitter winter's night, God appeared to them. It was in a manger, in a manger, a baby born of an unwed, scandalized teenager. She was pregnant before she was married. They were poor. They were marginalized. They had nowhere else to go. You will not find Jesus at the Roots Carlton. You will not find him in the popular city centers. You will not find him anywhere there. No, but where was he born at first? God meets you in person. In a lowly, dirty manger. Here's what grace means. Are you ready for this? Oh, here's what grace means. Here's what grace means for you and me. You could feel like you're the worst person in the room right now. No one knows your history. You know your history. You know the treachery. You know the brutality. You know the abuse. You know the crime. And even if you feel like you're the worst person in this room, compared to, on the surface, the most respectable religious person in this room, you both have an equal chance. Exact same chance. That's what grace means. Grace also means that God is more attracted to you right now this morning, not because you're doing well. God is more attracted to those on a cold, lonely, bitter night, laid out on your bed, on a bathroom floor, or maybe in the ICU. Something has happened in your family that you don't want to share about yet. God is more attracted to you in scary situations, in shameful situations, even in downright sinful situations. Do, do you know that although you feel like no one should find out and nobody could love and accept me when I did this, grace means God wants to move more towards you? That is what the good news that brings great joy is all about. And joy comes to anyone. Anyone. It doesn't matter who you are. Stop that. Stop talking about your history and your pedigree. Stop talking about your CV and how well you're doing in your job. Stop talking about your accounts and your stocks and your future security. Stop trying to talk about your homes and your possessions. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter who your family was. It doesn't matter what kind of falling out you've had. It doesn't matter how broken or failed you feel deep down in here. It doesn't matter at all. Good news of great joy can be yours today, right now, because it all comes by grace. And grace is... Grace is, God will meet you right where you are. He will show up to you when you feel like the most marginalized, outcast, unlovable person in the world. And when you do get this, oh, when Jesus comes and gives you this, bursting joy, bursting. 
Do you have it? And for those of you Christian brothers and sisters, when you get bursting joy that you cannot contain, you can't wait to share it with grace to people whom the world thinks is undeserving, unworthy, lowly and poor. They didn't work hard enough. They didn't make it to where you are. No. Joy bursting and your joy will be multiplied and explode as you do what Jesus did. Jesus, born into a dying world. Now, I don't know what your holiday plans are, Christmas plans are for the next two weeks. If you can travel near or far, be careful out there. Watch out for a lot of traffic on the planes, a lot of rage on the planes too. Make sure you got your vaccination cards and your phone, a digital marker. I'm going to some conference starting tomorrow and they're being very strict. This is great. Or maybe some of you are just so tired being down, I'm just going to have a staycation. I'm just going to stay at home. Great. What other place is the better the vacation than Southern California? I pretty much guarantee that all of you hope that after two or three weeks, you come back out on the other side rejuvenated. You come back out on the other side a little more rested, a little more uh, reinvigorated. You know, on this Christmas Sunday, let me remind you, for some of you, let me tell you for the first time. Jesus had travel plans. And he went as far away from home as he could. He left his father. And he came down here into our world, our life, on this planet. And then he was utterly devastated and ruined. You know, at the Last Supper, which is called Communion or Eucharist, when he offered a cup of wine to his disciples, he said, drink of it, all of you. For the forgiveness of sins. This is the wine of the new covenant. Interesting in the gospels it says Jesus did not drink. He did not drink. Here's why. He offers all of you a cup of joy. Great joy. Because he had another cup to drink. Which was full of wrath and curses for all of our sorrows and sins. And Jesus drank down all of that in full. Jesus traveled. He came into the world. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Joy is yours at the reception of a king. Joy is yours by believing in a savior, Christ Jesus, to take you out of this independent, autonomous, joyless, sinful living. Joy to the world. Because he lost his. He was drained in full. Oh, but he has risen again. He has risen again to take you by the hand and to give you a whole new life that bursts with joy. John 1, 12 and 13 says this. To all those who believe in his name, Jesus Christ, to all those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, not born of blood, willpower, or of the flesh, but born by the Holy Spirit. Come and get this joy. Come and savor this joy. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you. 
Not only did you send an angel to announce and bring down good news of great joy, but you sent your one and only beloved son, Jesus Christ, to live and to die and to be drained and to come to the bitter end of what we all deserve so that we might rejoice. We might rejoice. Oh, Lord, I pray for all those here, those who are listening in, Holy Spirit, impress upon our souls how much we're missing out and how much we get in you. Bring us to yourself to believe and receive you as king, to love and worship you as savior all of our days until we see you face to face and we get home. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us home. You're going to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.